Verbrechen, die niemandem Nutzen bringen, die nur den einen Sinn haben, Angst und Schrecken zu verbreiten. Denn der letzte Sinn des Verbrechens ist eine unbeschränkte Herrschaft des Verbrechens aufzurichten. Einen Zustand vollkommen auf Sicherheit und Anarchie. the goldenagehorror.com podcast we're discussing our first non-american movie tonight the testament of dr mabuse by fritz lang if you like the podcast check out our website goldenagehorror.com for more information and for show notes So we're here to talk about The Testament of Dr. Mabuse, a 1933 film by Fritz Lang. Um, it stars Otto Wernicke and Oscar Bergai, as well as Rudolf Klein Rog. I'm probably uh, murdering that. It's directed by, I think I said, directed by Fritz Lang. Yes. Also written by Fritz Lang and based on uh, a novel by Norbert, Norbert Jocks. Okay. Uh, the novel was intended to satirize... Uh, or uh, pastiche, um, like the character Fantomas, which is a French pulp fiction character that uh, uh, I think the books are mainly notable for the absurd body count that Fantomas um, racks up over the course of the books. And uh, Mabuse is sort of along the same veins, and then he does, I think he racks up a, a fair body count himself. But this one is sort of post Mabuse in a, in a way. In a way. In that he's sort of in an insane asylum. Yeah. Or possibly a spirit. Yeah, or he's like a spirit, whichever one. Or he's an idea. Um, So uh, just, I'll just quickly, well, I'll just briefly recap the plot, I suppose. uh, Because I guess that, just hearing that in, uh, by itself would probably be confusing to people. Yeah. Um, the film is about um, uh, it's about the uh, the Weimar Republic in the 20s Germany and uh, there's a crime wave on uh, an extremely organized crime wave that um, in many ways doesn't make sense because it doesn't appear to be targeting it doesn't appear to be it appears to be so well organized that it's um, some some new kind of crime um, and uh, uh, at play are um, Inspector Lohman, who is uh, sort of a higher up in the police department of Berlin, trying to unravel the crime wave. Yes. And uh, there's a when the when the crime wave starts to point to 
a uh, hospitalized uh, former hypnotist and criminal, Dr. Babus. He investigates that, and that sort of complicates things because uh, it turns out Mabuse, who's writing this insane plan uh, on paper, writing an insane plan in his cell, is passing it along to a psychiatrist who's actually the, the criminal in power. And there's also another subplot with uh, two people in love, one who works for Mabuse or Dr. Baum. Um, am I missing? I feel like I'm missing a bunch of stuff. No, I mean, there's, there's a, that guy who works with Loman who goes insane at the beginning. Yep. Um, Hoffmeister. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff going on. But all the th- plot threads, like, are completely interconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, the couple, you know, the fact that he worked with Dr. Mabuse comes into a... He becomes, like, a key witness, basically. And identifying who Mabuse, who Mabuse actually is. As... Was it Baum? You say? Dr. Baum, I believe his name is. Professor Baum. Yeah, like, he's the one who ends up identifying who Professor Baum is. As Dr. Mabuse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what did you think of Dr. Mabuse? I liked it. It's... Okay, so... The main difference in going to... German cinema... After all this... Like, Hollywood Universal movies... Is uh, whether it's skill or intent, the movies are very different. Okay. Like, care to uh, clarify? Like the way, like they, they seem like they're shot a bit better, or maybe they're they're shot very differently. They're shot like there's no there's not like the weird cuts you see in a lot of the Universal. Sure. Of like the kind of like that that especially. Specifically, weird cut of it goes to someone's face at a weird angle that makes them that creates like this weird distance between them and whoever they were talking to. Like, you know, how in a traditional three camera thing that shoot, like that most sitcoms use, you know, how they bounce between the two people talking? Yep. Like, they'll do a shot like that, well, will cut to one of the people talking, but it's the way it's shot from such a distance, it's from a head on perspective that the person seems way far away from the person they were originally talking to. And you're talking about this as something the Universal movies do. Yes. Yeah. Which creates a weird yeah. disconnect. But, yeah. But with this, I don't know if it's specifically just a Fritz Lang thing, but it feels more... It feels some of the most modern films of the films we've seen hmm. in terms of construction, especially at that like that very end scene with the car chase. Hmm. Which just felt like, oh, that's like just a thing any movie could and would do like nowadays. I mean, well, special some special effects to put aside. I mean, it's po- I mean, Fritz Lang is is you know one of the great influential filmmakers. You know, he he invented a lot of the grammar of films uh, himself. You know, yeah. so maybe that's maybe you can just see echoes of his just his things he did just because of um, just because you know he's his career started with the the beginning of film. You know, right. Um. And I do think uh, I I haven't seen much German cinema beyond a few of these movies, and I don't really think like comparing. You can't really compare these two movies to Vampire. I don't Vampire. I don't think. No, that's very different. But that's that one's still very different in its own way. It is very different in its own way. But 
Um, this that one is definitely like authorial intent. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, this I mean, you if you if what and you're talking about the editing and stuff. Uh, it's it's important to note that almost all those Universal movies are like 66 minutes long. Yeah, that's what I mean. This like one's, this one's over two hours. That that also comes to like intent. Like you know, they are clearly. The Universal movies are made to make money. Yeah. And then there are artists, I mean, there are, you know, like directors and writers trying to also make good movies out of them. Mm-hmm. With this one, it seemed like the intent from the beginning was very art, like artistry is in the forefront. That's why, I mean, these movies are way longer. I don't know. Some of them seem like they're a little obscure. Like the first, the first like 10 minutes of Dr. Mabuse is, it seems like it's a silent movie. There's like loud, grinding, oppressive sounds in music. And it's like going for this very intense atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Which I think it, I think it does create an intense atmosphere. Yeah, it does. That's a, that's a technique that um, I think is, to go slightly off tangent, it's what a lot of like modern horror video games are doing. Mm-hmm. Is they're creating, they're instilling horror by just creating grinding, like just sounds that make you uncomfortable. Like and that's basically what this intro is doing. It's making a lot of unpleasant sounds at you. That just kind of I don't know if it's like the way they're deep or the way they're just kind of unnatural sounding, but they just sort of instill a weird sense of discomfort. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Well, I agree about the 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 um the movie creating a sense of discomfort. I can't really speak to the modern horror games, but no, I don't. We'll I mean, I'm not saying we'll definitely take your word for it. I'm not saying they accomplish it. I'm saying that's what they're doing, at least. Yeah, they're based on the idea of just these these sounds do unnerve you. They never put you in a kind of like a steady like resting point. Do you think that most people play uh, horror video games with headphones on? I think that I, well, I think people would like the U two. <laughs> they they all open with this is best experience with headphones on. Hmm. Yeah. Just if anything, if only if anything, just feel like the stereo field probably plays a huge role in like horror games, or it has the potential to. And wearing headphones like guarantees that you'll be playing into the stereo field, which very important for audio. For sure, it can be very effective, but it's for the author. It's an unreliable thing because you can't guarantee that people will be doing it. Well, luckily. Uh... Testament of Dr. Mabuse was recorded in mono, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and luckily my speakers are on a computer that I can't tell. Although I use my headphones for that, my watch stuff anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, this is a sequel to Dr. Mabuse the Gambler, which is a four-plus-hour-long silent movie from 1922. Wow. Uh, also directed by Fritz Lang. Um, which I haven't seen. I've watched. I did remember. I I started watching it, and then I saw how long it was, and I said, "I can't do this right now." And I never came. It's like been like six years that I haven't come back to it. Uh, it's just such an intimidating thing to watch a four hour long silent movie. Yeah, I mean, it's also I don't want to give the impression that like Fritz Lang is sort of like this author on the edge, this auteur on the edge, because like Petropolis is one of the most like. What's the word I'm looking for? Most expensive movies of its time. Yeah. And I think it was probably... I think it was like the most expensive silent movie ever made. 
Well, I think I think he had the, it just it just it just speaks to the difference in um, philosophy be, behind uh, like the German cinema industry of the twenties and Hollywood. Yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, like it, it where Hollywood was like primarily about commerce. It's just not as clear cut in German cinema. You know, whether it was about commerce and art. Like I believe a lot of the movie movies were paid for in part by grants from the government. Yeah, a lot. You know. So it's like, are they, they're getting paid to create art, but they're also trying to make money, but it's not, it's not as straightforward as it is in Hollywood where the movies are to make money. Right. And then if you can, if you can class them up with some, or some art in there. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, most of the time, honestly, they don't, they don't class them up with any art. No, it's Dracula riding out. It's Dracula, it's a Dracula Wolfman house party. Yeah, exactly. But... So and it it just has to do I think with the uh, general spirit of 1920s Germany, you know, which was a very uh, Germany was going through some stuff around this time, for sure, and and Fritz Lang definitely wanted to make movies about it. Yeah, because uh, I mean this and the other movie we're going to talk about M is very much about like Germany and Berlin in the 1920s. Like the setting is a very important piece of these movies, right? Much more so than uh, Germany and Frankenstein or whatever. No, that... Which is irrelevant. Right. Also, I don't know. They must have just not used them, but I imagine these movies don't use sound stages. Because I didn't see any. Why? The German film. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't I remember seeing any. So it creates a, like, a stronger sense of realism, I think. Because you don't have a weird... Sometimes you really see the sound stage, and if they do it like, in a wide open area, like a forest or something... You there's an obvious painted background and it looks too sparsely populated to be a real like forest and real like nature environment. I don't know if like there was just no call for like they had the space and there's no call for sound stages or they feel the need to or think the need to use them or like or think about them as a concept. I don't know if they had them, you know, for for, for, like outside locations. Yeah, I don't I don't know that. I mean, is there any in Mabuse? There's like barely any outside. It's almost all in the city, isn't it? Yeah. There's only the car chases. Right. And that, that's, I think that's when it, it stuck out to me the most. Yeah. Was the car chase and like that whole part outside with the factory and the train and everything. I'm like, wow, these are huge open environments. Hmm. And those backgrounds I've, look like they might be the sky, not, you know, uh, painted. About painting. Yeah, I'm not painting. I, I, I'm assu- I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't remember what it looks like that well. So it, you're probably right. It probably is just... Um, exterior filming. Uh, it also seems to hurt some of the quality sometimes. Maybe. From like a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it's worse. Of all the three of these, of all the German films I've seen, it's worse in Vampire. But I don't yeah. know if that is even like... Well, Vampire, I, I, I'll, I'll look up the details when we're going to talk about it, but it's uh, they did something weird with this, the film. I mean, I, don't, I think it was the the sound and the um, the video are not like... <laughs> They did something weird with the audio recording. Oh. So I don't know if you're referring to the quality of the picture or oh, the quality the picture. of the sound. Oh, okay. Well, then it's irrelevant. Yeah. But yeah. Then what I, what I was saying was irrelevant, I mean. Also, a lot of these films, they like their originals were lost. Or like a lot of these, if you watch like, the, criteri- the Criterion intros. Yeah, you mean they're reproducing them. They're, they, uh, they're, like, they're doing like this is the best we have. Yeah. Like splicing together, like here's the French cut. And here's these cuts that we found, that, like buried into like the German film institute. 
Well, the the Mabuse print is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the prints are fine, but there is it's, clearly it's the like... vampire one is the one that's hurting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, there's definitely not a bet. <laughs> they have not been as well preserved. No, I mean people just threw shit away for so many years. It's bizarre. You know, it's like were they if they were trying to make art, wouldn't you think they would try, at least try to save some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Or try a little harder. Although I guess there was a world war in between. Yeah, Germany had like I said, Germany was going through some things around this time. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, at some point, Germany stopped liking Fritz Lang's movies. Um, um, he looks kind of good as a ghost. I like the ghost part. Yeah, that's a cool little uh, effect. Yeah, the exposed brain, wide eyes. Yeah, and the whole idea—the whole idea of the Doctor Mabuse, this guy, this crazy guy in an asylum, scrawling out a master crime plan. That yeah, that's basically trying to wake. Was he was, was he trying to wake Germany up? Was that his plan? I thought he was just trying to bring it down. One of the two. Or maybe he was trying to break it down so he could build it back up. Sure. I, I think, um, well, before I get into that, which I think is like going to be the, the longest discussion we're going to have about this movie, I just want to bring up two little things, like cool things I saw on the Wikipedia. Okay. Which, first of all, that uh, Charles Strauss, uh, I don't know if you know who that is, he's a fairly popular science fiction writer. No. What, do you, what is he for? He's, um, he's a popular science fiction writer. I can't say that I... He has like a famous book. Though. Oh, okay. He wrote the Atrocity Archives. He wrote a, um, a bunch of like, well, like, he wrote some hard sci-fi and he wrote some Lovecraftian slash, um, a lot of those guys are on Bondian that, sci-fi. If he's, if he's from like the 30s or 50s or wherever, a lot of those guys wrote like 10 billion stories. Yeah, no, Charles Strauss is from now, like oh. the current day. Um, yeah, I, all I've read is some of them is his their books called the Laundry Files, which are like a Lovecraftian slash. Um, spy thriller series yeah but um he wrote an essay that uh mabuse is a strong contender for the first supervillain. i mean he has a lot of those qualities um, he's certainly and that he's a direct um a direct antecedent for uh ernst stavro blofeld from the uh, james bond novels which uh is uh sure probably i mean i, don't, I actually don't buy that at all either of those things no that he's the first that he's the first supervillain or the inspiration for Ernst Stavro Blofeld although I I, I I don't think um it's like an illogical assumption to, or a logical point to make because they do like Blofeld and Mabuse have a lot in common and Mabuse is definitely an early supervillain but like Mabuse was also based on Phantomas and like Fu Manchu both who are before him. super villains yeah. <laughs> and also uh fu manchu is like the fu manchu novels i think are the biggest inspiration on the Anne fleming novels so i don't i, I think those that's, that's much more of an inspiration than boost which is sort of a uh uh a more obscure character yeah yeah because i can't imagine looking at them now you can make the correlation but like how accessible these films were outside of germany or outside yeah. of even mainland europe at the time well yeah i mean now that i'm saying that Anne fleming did work for the like he was a spy in world war in world war Two, so he yeah. would have had access to german and europe europe but uh yeah. that doesn't necessarily like i'm just i just think this movie is a, is a lot more it's not really uh doesn't really feel like an antecedent to james bond movies to me oh no it's 
it's kind of and and, and 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 so that's in that sense i don't feel like mabuse is really like and even in the first movie i don't think he's like a supervillain on this scale like he does not he is there's no supernatural elements i don't think and he's not um he's not even really trying to bring down german society in the first one he's just yeah. a criminal if anything this is like this is more in the vein of like hardboiled detective mm-hmm. than supervillain because Loman is the very like he sleeps in his office. I'm gonna solve these crimes, detective. More than Bruce is a supervillain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Fritz Lang when he went to Hollywood made almost all all his movies are film noir or a lot of his movies are film noir. So he's definitely someone who's. I mean, I guess he helped invent the tradition and then carried it on. So that that kind of brings me to the other thing I was going to talk about, which is uh, something you sort of alluded to the last time we spoke about this, which was, do you think this movie is a horror movie? No, not even the slightest. Hmm. I think Mabuse is sort of like, as a ghost man, is a little bit of a horror character maybe, but he's not in a horror movie. This feels like a crime movie, like a crime drama. I mean, genres are weird anyway. But when I hear a horror movie, I think, you know, there is a monster and there's people and the monster's trying to kill the people. Or, you know, he's a monster that's a threat to a group of people and then they have to stop it. Mm-hmm. Which, in a way... Yeah. But also, like, that is a distinctly sort of, like, not much of a human. And it's... You know, it's it's a vague... Genres are weird. Genres are weird. And I, I, I did I included it as a horror movie because of a few reasons. I mean, first of all, like you said, um, at the end, uh, Dr. Mabuse is a spirit that possesses Dr. Bomb uh, in, in a very horror movie way, you know, and with a with a grotesque look appearance and everything, you know? Yeah. And, and then um, earlier in the movie, Mabuse is, like, like we talked about, he's, he's an insane man scrawling a mad plan on a parchment um and it's a lot of stuff starting with that there's a lot of stuff that happens that are not i guess you would call them normal crime movie things yeah like the movie is much weirder than a normal crime movie yeah it's because of a lot of those things and because of the nature of the plot of moose's organization which doesn't see which is a it's unrealistic that such an organization would exist (laughs) And B that the plot doesn't really seem to be profit. It seems I mean the motive doesn't really seem to be profit. It seems to be like the dismantling of society. Yeah. So um I just because it's so fantastic and because it is fairly dark, that's why I include it in a horror movie. I mean I certainly would call it a if I had to like be exact about the genre, I would call it like a crime slash horror movie. A crime thriller? A crime yeah, a, yeah. Dark, I just think dark it has crime enough fantasy? dark fantasy type elements. Yeah, exactly. Like like you're saying, genre is kind of an absurd convention. But yeah, yeah. No, it works. I see it. I'll okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> so we've decided. The genre police will permit it this time. <laughs> okay. It, so long as you put crime in there, hyphenated somehow. If horror horror hyphen crime will be acceptable. All right, horror hyphen crime. That's what I'll call it from now on. All right. I won't even refer to it by its title. Just horror hyphen crime. 
Everyone will know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the only horror hyphen crime. Do you think Dracula is a horror hyphen um, romance? <laughs> no. I think Dracula is a horror hyphen. Get this John Harker guy out of here. <laughs> hey, he just wants to. He just wants to help, you know. Horror hyphen doof. You know. I need to. Uh, I need to at least write a blog article about uh, David Manners. Because I read, I was reading about Dracula again, and it turns out he hated his role. He he like protested his role very strongly in um, Dracula. Yeah, you know he was he was Jonathan Harker uh, in Dracula. I assume I was that's what I was assuming. Yeah, and then he finally, and then he kept, and then after that he like got called, he kept getting jobs that were only getting offered the jobs that were like the exact same role. <laughs> so he responded by just quitting acting. Oh okay. So, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny, and and to, at least he knew. And I don't, I don't hate his performance in some of his other movies. Um, I think he's pretty bad in the in Dracula and the Mummy, but I don't think he's as bad in the Black Hat. And uh, and it's nice to know that he was at least trying. He just he at least trying to 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 change those roles to make them better. Yeah, well, I hated or him. take them out of the movie. I hated him because of the character. Like, no matter how well he was going to act, that character, I didn't like that character. In in uh, Dracula, yeah, like that character. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not. It, it, his acting isn't great in Dracula. It's just not. He's just not a good actor in that movie. And, yeah. and the character is horrible, like you're saying. It's just irrelevant, irrelevant, obnoxious, doofus. I just got married, or I love you. I can't remember. Did you? Did you... <laughs> it's one of those things. There's a girl here. The fact that you can't even remember does, it, is speaks volumes. There's a girl here. I better fall in love with her. So just time for Dracula kidnapper. None of that in uh, – there's a little bit of that in Dr. Mabuse, but it's more like the guy gets kidnapped or is he yeah. – the guy is in the imminent threat. Now, here's a movie where that completely defies the convention of the Hollywood movies, which is the uh, the female in distress as the main um, plot device. Yeah. There's a lot of plot devices going on and female in distress is none of them. Yeah. I mean, technically, she's in distress, but while there's also a man there in the same yep. exact distress. Yep. So I guess it is just American culture that uh, <laughs> is responsible for sexism. Yep. America paving the way in all fields. <laughs> oh. But I also, actually, I assume that the acting was good in most of these movies, this entire movie, but I can't tell, really. Yeah, it's hard because it's a foreign language. I did like the um, Hoffmeister. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of... crazy. Hoffmeister is a lot of flashes, like the insane sort of Renfield character. Yep. But I like Hoffmeister a lot, just the things he was doing. Yeah. I liked how they had the scene where he was... um, He likes... He's like uh, imagining himself in the office when he's in his cell. Yeah. And it's like that cabinet of Dr. Caligari overlay of like the weird... uh, Like the, the... the bizarre angles around him. Yeah, and he's kind of like... As well as the Phantom. He's sort of in the office, but then he's yeah. not. And he's at one point where he's there with Loman and they're talking. And he's Loman's trying to sort of figure out, like, how to sort of, like, yep. work his psychosis. Yeah. By, like, pretending yeah, to answer his he, phone. He like, yeah, exactly. He, like, makes his little watch go off. And it, But it doesn't work. Or, yeah, it doesn't work. No. Still crazy. Yep, still not. He's back to singing his crazy song. <laughs> Yeah, like I, he was he was convincingly crazy. Well, yeah, I was. Yeah, yes, convincingly crazy. 
Convincingly crazy. Also, man, have car scenes sort of... They take a long time to get better. But I've also have not really improved. It takes... Like, 50 years later, I think a lot of car scenes still look like that. Yeah. I like the I like the scene where they're uh, all beeping in traffic and someone's shooting through a window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting... That's a little good little scheme. Yep. Just get everyone to start beeping and then shoot somebody. That mom mentality. She's like, I'm going to beep, I'm going to beep too. <laughs> also, okay, so what's with these... What's with a lot of old movies and people... Like, long shots and, like, outdoor scenes. Everyone looks like everyone's running really fast all the time. Uh, it's probably a sped up film. Yeah, like why would they? Why do they do that? I guess just to make the city look busy, because <laughs> you know the city. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't like outside the city. It happens. In... No, but you know, like the city, how the city is. The city is busy, right? Yeah. But what about when there's like two guys in the woods and you're just like, like pedaling super fast? Like I'm, I'm running. <laughs> I don't know. That part's just. just a, I guess it's just a. It's just yeah. it's a thing that a lot of these movies just do. A thing. Yeah, I never understand things like that. I just kind of like ignore them. That, just assume that things are supposed to be like that. Convention of they the really time. were moving that fast <laughs> in that weird, unnaturally stilted way. It's called the theory of relativity. Oh, sure, yeah. Einstein, he was German, right? Yep, or something. Testament of Dr. Mabuse. Next week, we're talking about another Fritz Lang film, M, starring Peter Lorre. You can find show notes and more information on our website, goldenagehorror.com. Sign up for our mailing list, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, or RSS, and you'll never miss a show. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allgodlessheer. We're getting ready for James Whale January, so you might want to consider subscribing now so you won't miss any of that. My Twitter is at the water method. Andrew's is at pizza pranks. Andrew's website is pizzapranks.com, and our theme music is the Swan Lake dub by Dubology, which is available on SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.